Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again with the last week in Mortgage Today, our weekly walkthrough, all the latest happenings, news, a look inside the current business climate with the mortgage industry. Each week, I am pleased to be joined by one of our lender members as my co-host. And this week, really thrilled, longtime member, good friend, president of John Adams Mortgage, Larry Bashera. Larry, good to see you, bud. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be part of it. Absolutely. And always, if you could, just level set for the audience. Tell us a little bit about John Adams Mortgage. Yep. Uh, John Adams Mortgage is a, a wholly owned uh, mortgage company of the Real Estate One family of companies. We're based here in Michigan, approved in Michigan, most recently in Florida, um, just two states. So we're we're smaller on the on the grand scale of the mortgage collaborative members, but um, really focus on our on our purchase business and and um, and our realtor and referral partners. Um, so that's that's a big part of of what we do. We're, we've been in business for fifty years. It'll be fifty years this year. Uh, that we've been in business. Um, our real estate arm's been in business since 1929. So um, we've been through some some ups and downs over the years, um, depressions and recessions and wars. And and uh, so um, what we're going through is is nothing we can't handle right now. That's for sure. That's great. Congrats. 50 years. You guys got anything, anything planned for that uh, momentous we- uh, anniversary? We do. We are um, in June. Some 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 look at it as a, as a punishment because we're going to a Tiger game. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but we are gonna. Um, there's a there's a spot at Comerica Park that we are gonna rent out. Um, we'll have about 200 people there, um, employees and and some other members of our family of companies and and um, celebrate and and all sit together and watch the game and and uh, have a good time. That's next. That's month. awesome. Couple weeks. Very cool. Yeah. Congrats on that. And uh, thanks again for joining me this week. And let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start with, you know, what has really been the biggest news in the industry, something besides the interest rate climate, um, is uh, the Biden administration put out last week a pretty comprehensive um, plan that, uh, you know, in theory would help address the housing supply issues that. Uh, we're having here in America. Uh, any initial thoughts uh, on that plan when when you first took a look at it? Yeah, when I when I took a look at it, it was you know very robust to say the least. A lot of um, a lot of desire to, to to do something which I think we all appreciate. But um, a couple of things that that really stood out to me is um, a lot of a lot of um, bullet points and, and ideas. That revolves around uh, renters, which really doesn't help independent mortgage bankers, which I guess is a concern from that standpoint. But looking at the positive side of it, there are some things on here that that could help us. Um, but two, but a, another two things that that point out that that stood out to me is um, nothing in here from the standpoint of incentivizing sellers. I think I think that's really what we all could use. There's plenty of buyers out there. And yes, the rates are rising and it might be knocking out some, some borrowers um, now, first time buyers, especially, but, but 
there's no product on in the market for for these programs to help. So I think if there's a way that they could really focus on incentivizing sellers out there, might be tough, granted, but but I think that would be a, a huge win uh, uh, for all of us. The other thing that stood out to me is, um, you know, I would assume a lot of these products would be um, uh, to help those that have that can sell direct to Fannie and Freddie. Um, I think if if there's a way that um, they could reach out, the government could reach out to some of the larger aggregators to get their support of this, uh, of these types of, of programs would would help all the independent mortgage bankers out there, because not everybody sells direct to Fannie and Freddie. We do, but but not a lot do out there. Um, if we could get some of the larger aggregators on board, um, you know, for example, the obviously we can't do it now because of the rising rates, but the Refi Now product, good in theory, but not everybody wanted to participate uh, or didn't participate in that. Um, the aggregators. So I think it, I think it would be great if we could get them on board too. Some great points there, Larry, that really have mirrored uh, a lot of my conversations with members over the course of the last week since the news broke. And, you know, that being, um, you know, your statements around a lot in there, multifamily and rezoning and renters and, and, and not a lot to help kind of like the for sale single family home market. Um, and, you know, also the supply piece of it. I mean, we've been talking for a year and a half now, this show and other shows we do about just, there has to be something that can be done at the government level to help incentivize people to sell homes because there's so many homeowners and there's, I think more than ever, I haven't seen stats to back this up, but just people that own second homes, investment properties, multiple investment properties, um, you know, a lot of these being affordable homes, uh, you know, in theory, your average investment property, much more likely to be an affordable home by definition than uh, an owner occupied. So uh, that was a, a big surprise for me as well, that there was nothing in there to, to help free up the supply side of things and incentivize sellers a little bit more. Yeah, the, the um, uh, rent landlords, investors, um, industrial investors, they or institutional investors, they own a lot of property out there. I mean, if we could just get a piece of that on the market, that would really, really help. And, and you know, there's a lot of rents are rising, so it makes it hard to, to give that up as a, as a landlord. But there's got to be something we could we can think of. Um, to help out the um, the the other thing too, um, again, I think helps a select part of the region more than than others is the um, the uh, accessory dwelling units. Uh, that you know, I don't know how much that helps people like us in the Midwest, but you know, I'm sure it helps the coast a little bit more than we than us. So you don't you don't have multiple uh, homes on your uh, Michigan property. No, it, the, the area that I live, there's a lot, not a lot, but there's a handful of carriage houses that are called carriage houses. So I just envisioned, you know, some, some stranger pulling up in, in my driveway that I, that's living on my property now, but, but an interesting thought nonetheless. Yes, absolutely. So, and, um, 
Yeah, as, as you mentioned, there there's some things that they kind of allude to that, uh, you know, could be coming down the pike on the single family side with Fannie and Freddie ADUs and uh, the ability to more easily, you know, finance manufactured homes. But um, not a lot of meat on the bone as it right. really relates to just things that are going to have any sort of impact at all on single family housing. And anytime soon, and you mentioned the rents, like my fear is that it just becomes this vicious circle because there is zero supply and, you know, nothing being done to alter that. Um, rents just keep going up. Thus, these landlords, the last thing they want to do is sell their property. And I, I just my fear is that it get the, the issue of affordability and inventory gets worse and worse and worse. And then something has to be done too late to incentivize, uh, you know, people that own investments in second homes to sell when, when something could have been done more proactively. Yeah. Maybe, maybe limiting the industrial uh, landlords to, to X number of units. I don't know. Maybe that Some, something like that helps. I don't know. I mean, the fun, the one part of the proposal I thought was kind of funny and, you know, and my first reaction was, I can't believe that this doesn't exist already was they're like, Oh, okay. We're going to start HUD and uh, FHA foreclosed homes. We're not going to let institutional investors buy them for like it was 30 days or like you're 60 days. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks. Like, you know, like how is that not in place already? Well, I think way back in the day, there might have been something like that where that where it was um, owner occupied only. But but why limit it to 30 days or 60 days? Right. Let it let it go. Just there's enough buyers out there that will 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 purchase that home at some point. Yeah, in different housing climates, I could see how, you know, yeah. like lenders sitting on foreclosed homes. It, it's just a loser for everybody in that situation. So if you can get, you know, in a more normal climate, an institutional investor to buy some of those, it, I could see why it wasn't outlawed in the past. But this climate, I mean, it seems like an easy, easy fix. And why limit it to 30 or 60 days? Yep. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Moving on, some other news. Uh, this past week, uh, MBA's applica- weekly application index uh, per We'd been talking on this show about how purchase apps had kind of kept going up two, three, four percent a week, um, even in the face of uh, increasing interest rates, still a lot of demand out there to buy homes. But this week we saw a big drop in the most recent report down 12 percent week over week. And then today we get a report, new home sales. This is almost exclusively newly built homes, a huge miss down 16.6 percent in April from March. Um at an annualized pace of uh, fell from 709,000 annualized new home sales to a new annualized pace of 591 based on the April data. That was amidst expectations of an increase uh, to 750K. So it was a big miss on new home sales. We know the issues the builders have been going through. We've heard the president of the National Association of Home Builders at the TMC conference in Miami. We had him on the rundown a couple of weeks ago. He's not bashful about telling you the 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 uh, the headwinds that uh, the home builders face right now. The the costs are just astronomical. The, the supply chain, I mean, you know, beating a dead horse there, but but it's just it just is too much. And at at some point, you're gonna you know give up and and not and not keep building. Um, as far as buyers go, there's a lot of we we work closely, obviously, with a lot of real estate agents. Um, there's a lot of tired buyers out there, even though they're still plentiful. There's a lot of buyers that are really tired of losing on their offers, losing the cash offers. Um, you know, 
10, 20, 30, $50,000 above list price and still losing. Um, so I think, I think you'll, you'll start to see that level off. I don't think 12% is going to become the norm down, you know, purchase apps week over week. I think it was a lot of, of the timing of it all, but um, there's a lot of tired buyers out there that, that are just kind of sitting on the sidelines right now. Um, but still a good chunk of buyers out there looking to buy. That's a great point. A good term that I haven't heard used before, but just seems to echo what I'm hearing from the smartest people in the industry. A lot of tired buyers, like still a lot of a lot of people out there that want to buy a home badly, but just it, it just it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. The incessant news about rates rising and price, uh, home prices rising. I think that you know some of the run up we saw in the face of rising rates on purchase activity these last few months has been people wanting to kind of, you know, worrying that it could just keep going up and just wanting to get in there. But now I think it's almost kind of like at the other point, people are like, man, I just gonna, you know, stay out there, stay looking, but uh, a little, a little less aggressively, maybe. Yeah. They, they need a breather. Some, you yeah, know, tired six, seven, six, seven offers in and, and they're just have lost them all. And you just can't take it anymore. Some of them crazy. This is the last week in mortgage today. I'm Rich Swerbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined this week by the president of John Adams Mortgage, Larry Bashera. Larry, uh, moving on to just some industry chatter and stuff. Uh, I was just out at the MBA secondary conference last week and uh, I had a chance to meet and talk with lots of lenders. And I think product right now is is a, a huge focus of lenders, right? It's like uh, everybody's trying to grow. Everybody's trying to produce more volume. Um, and, you know, they want to have every outlet there is for every product. And more products have become viable because of what have happened to 30-year fixed rates. No? I, you you broke up there, Rich. I didn't hear hear the actual question. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying that it, oh. it seems like all lenders are they're in the search of they want to have every product outlet, oh, product, every yeah. possible situation. Yes. You, you work with yeah. you work, you are aligned with a real estate organization. So you know that the real estate agents, right? They want every every product known to man, even the ones they'll never use. To- totally. It 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 serves as a good talking point. Um, you know, whether you know, whether it's a bridge loan or whether it's a non-QM product or or uh, an interest only product. You might use it a handful of times throughout the year or a state bond program. Um, you might use it a handful of times a year, but to say that you have it or to present it uh, to a group of real estate agents or, or um, as a recruiting tool to loan officers, the more product you have, the better off you'll be. And, and just, you know, just make sure everybody's trained on it from an operation standpoint so they know how to handle it. But but having as much product as possible is key. Yeah, just a lot of things coming into play with 30-year fixed rates where they are. If it's uh, rate buy-downs and people just wanting to lock a rate and then shop for a home and some stuff that we haven't talked about in this industry for years that all of a sudden a lot of people are talking about again. Yeah, the the, the lock and shop um, is, is, is one of the newer, or not newer, but kind of being reborn again, um, the cash offers, you know, the big, the big companies out there like a, a ribbon or open door or knock. Um, those are, those are becoming more and more prevalent where, where, um, 
they they would be uh, some of them are mortgage companies like Open Door is an actual mortgage company where they will put in a cash offer um, and either resell it to that potential buyer after closing for a pretty hefty fee, or they will put in a cash offer on your behalf and in, in with an agreement with the seller to allow you to uh, get a mortgage during those 20 days or so of, of processing time, but guarantee the financing of that of that home. So um, it just allows you to help compete with some of those cash offers. But, but products like that, again, probably needed, um, but not really used that often. Um, I know we, we're exploring we're exploring some of those as well. We do the lock and shop and some others, but but certainly exploring some of the others like a cash offer type program. What about what you guys been doing anything with just all the equity that you know all your past customers have in homes that they bought using John Adams Mortgage? Uh, you know, it's definitely a lot more chatter too about companies and offerings and products that you know are stand to allow homeowners to leverage home equity without cash out refinancing the whole first mortgage at that low rate. Yeah, it, it, it's important to, to partner with a with a HELOC uh, with a company that will do HELOCs. Um, you know, some will pay you, some won't. Um, uh, depends on your on your setup. But but being again, going back to your program comment, a program to be able to communicate with realtors or communicate directly with your past customers through any sort of um, CRM or or uh, um, customer retention product that you have is to be able to say you offer HELOCs or home equity loans. Um, uh, it, it's it's critical to be able to keep in contact so you can keep your customer. I mean, that's that's what we're all about is we want that repeat business. So to be able to offer them something like a HELOC, even though it might not benefit you today, it's something for the future. Federal government um, also getting increasingly more involved in housing. Um, you know, one, just because we have a, a democratic presidential administration seems to foster uh, more involvement with the mortgage industry and housing industry in general. Uh, and then the climate, obviously, you know, go back to the Biden uh, housing supply plan. I, I think got a, a need, they feel like, like they need to get involved a little bit more and had a chance to listen to uh, Sandra Thompson from FHFA speak last week, also Rohit Chopra from CFPB, starting with FHFA. You know, I think that what I, and, and I do like Sandra a lot. I, I think she does strike a good balance between, you know, wanting to use the GSEs to help advance housing agendas while still really, you know, focusing on safety and soundness. And you can almost kind of like hear that conflict in her voice you know they they want to be more and do more um yet they are under the government thumb and and part of her role as fhfa director is to prepare them for what lies next and ultimately get them out from the government thumb and uh your thoughts on maybe some of the developments with fanny freddie fhfa throughout the course of this calendar year um well as far as that would, I don't know enough about Sandra to, to be able to comment on her particular on, on her. But from a government standpoint, um, yeah, I mean the conservatorship is is has always been looming over our heads since what two thousand and 
Uh, I forget what eight? he is now. Eight? eight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. eight. Yeah. September uh, I of 08. I remember if it was nine or eight. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they've been talking about that for a long, long time. Um, I, I don't know how you unwind that without some sort of of pain. Um, but but it it's going to happen eventually. What what year? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Think about this. Remember, I mean, if, if Calabria still would have been in there, because he was on the path to, and, and you removed the Fannie Freddie guarantee um, from Fannie Freddie bonds and, you know, investors, what that does, like it makes the bonds more attractive. We're at almost 6% 30 year fixed rate. If they would have privatized Fannie Freddie prior to all this inflation madness, it, it, we could be eight, nine, 10% right sure. now. I mean, yeah, really? And- that would be, um, boy, then we'd really, I mean, but may, maybe that causes prices to go down of homes. Maybe that affects, you know, uh, more supply um, because of, of people wanting to, to move on. Uh, maybe it reduces supply. I don't know, but, but higher rates would have really caused a major problem because affordability is tough enough as it, as it is for, for especially first-time buyers. Oh my God, it would have been, and honestly, that, that could have easily happened. I mean, that was uh, the direction things were going. Um, moving on to the regulatory climate, I had a chance to hear Rohit Chopra speak. So I think really, it seems like mortgage servicers is his number one focus, really was harping on like, know your metrics, call center metrics, uh, every metric and statistic related to trying to help borrowers through, you know, situations where they're having a hard time paying. Um, spoke to appraisal reform and, and some needed change there in his mind, um, hummed the data and lenders being cognizant of that. Um, and then he was being interviewed by Bob Brooksman of MBA, who kind of challenged him on the CRA for IMB's thing. And, um, you know, he kind of waffled a little bit without saying too much there. Um, but uh, your thoughts on the general regulatory climate here yeah. in the spring? Yeah. IMBs are definitely not made for CRAs. I'll 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 say that from the, from from the beginning. It's just not not what we're not our focus, not our business model. Um, and as far as um, uh, Humda data and, and servicers knowing their metrics and and and, and the rules and, and it that goes without saying. It, it should everybody should know their numbers and their data. Um, but there also has to be an understanding that, um, um, you know, we are, we are in the, in the business to, um, uh, give mortgages to, to finance homes. And there isn't any one of us that would tell somebody no for, um, uh, if they can get a mortgage. So, so it really boils down to the area that you're in and, and how you, how you perform your business and, and your metrics that, that come up, come about, um, is it has to be paid attention to. So, um, so you can carry on a conversation if that audit ever comes about. Um, but, but from the servicing standpoint, so many of us were, were thrusted into servicing at the start of the pandemic for, you know, because we had to, we were forced to, and, and those that there is a a high level of regulatory needs when you're a servicer. And if, and, and if that's not your business model, you might want to think about selling, selling those servicing rights. I mean, now is probably the best time 
you can you can do that because of 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 how good that business is and the quality of of the loans um, right now uh, in the rate environment that we're in. But if it's not your business model, the cost of of a mistake could be could be dwarf dwarf what you're making on 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 your servicing rates. It's a great point. We've seen so many of our members echo those sentiments and act accordingly. Uh, the multiples you can get on MSRs right now combined with, yeah, if it's to your point, if it's if it's not kind of your thing and, and something you're good at and set up to do well, uh, certainly the regulatory rhetoric uh, towards servicers, <laughs> uh, it's uh, maybe not a bad time to, to cash cash the MSR chips in right now if you're in the mortgage bank. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> This is the last week of mortgage today. I'm Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative and have about five minutes left with this week's co-host, the president of John Adams Mortgage, Larry Bashera. Larry, uh, some other things just kind of bandied about uh, in, in New York at the secondary and just with the members in general, cybersecurity, a lot of talk about just protecting your customer and your company data. Uh, FHA seems like we're coming towards a, a reduction in the mortgage insurance premiums for FHA. The team le- uh, tea leaves seem to be leading in that direction. And then, of course, recruiting and cost cutting just have been big topics for months now. But uh, anything in there that's got your uh, attention as we as we get into the, the heart of 2022? Yeah, for 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 FHA um, for an MIP reduction, we'll take any reduction possible. But one thing that I don't think's talked enough about of is life of the life is the life of loan piece of of MIP. Um, you know, if you put 10 percent or more down on an FHA loan, it ends at eleven years. But if you put less than ten percent down, which is probably ninety eight percent of of FHA borrowers, you're putting the minimum down. Um, it's life of loan. Well, why are you punishing that person? I mean, it used to be 11 years, I believe it, um, where it would, where it would go away and, and they have plenty of money. They, they, they exceed any sort of, of, um, metrics that they need. I think that would be a win because I think FHA in some cases are adversely is adversely selected against conventional loans because any, 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 company out there, any of the independent mortgage bankers out there are, are going to give um, going to give the borrower the best product for them. And in FHA, in some cases, because of the life of loan piece, isn't the best product for them. So if there's a way they could, could reduce that to the, the 10, 11 years um, and matched uh, 10% or more down, I think that would be a big win for FHA. Um, as far as cost cutting goes, um, you know, I might be in a, in a, in a different camp than most. I, 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 we don't believe in, in, in huge, massive reductions or for our, for our employees. I think it's critical that we look at non people costs first, uh, whether it's, you know, finding some, some savings in, in how we do, how you do credit reports or, some other third-party fees on how we can, how you can maybe pass that on or adjust some things for, you know, to, to not affect the people, you know, our, our, all of our people, all, all of our, of our team members here, they've been so loyal to, to us. And over the last two and a half years, when things were crazy busy and, and listening to overtures from all the competitors out there and, and they stuck with us. I think we owe them some loyalty too. 
and, and sticking with them when, when things might not be as busy as we all hope. Um, so that's kind of the challenge that we all have is, is how to balance that. Um, so I think, I think it's critical to, to make sure you show a lot of loyalty to your, to your, to your employees. It's great to hear. It's rare to hear that right now because, uh, you know, I think we've had a lot of members that were like trying to hang in there. Like maybe they thought they wanted to lay off people in December and then, you know, the better.com guy in the zoom video and they got terrified. <laughs> <laughs> for a few months and it's like now it's more like not layoffs most of our members but just attrition or uh but great to hear um your guys stance at john adams and uh, obviously known to be a really great company with great leadership and uh uh doesn't surprise me that you have loyal people that stuck with you throughout a lot of turbulence these last couple of years and uh, that you're sticking by them so and great point on the fha life alone something else we've talked about on this show. It, it doesn't seem, I mean, I, especially with, you know, the, the FHA MMI fund, is it like seven times the right. levels it needs to be at? You have these 3% down home buyers that are paying insurance when the LTV of their home is like 15% still. It really doesn't seem to make much sense. But and the, other, and the other thing, right, is who in the heck has their FHA loan for more than 10 years? I mean, right. Yeah. Like nobody. Exactly. So, so why why even have that if it if it it would be a huge win for FHA and for all the IMB for everybody to to be able to um to eliminate the life alone. Very well said and uh way to take us home, Larry. Always enjoy talking about our industry with you and appreciate you joining me this week in the co-host seat. Really appreciate you having me, Rich. Thank you. Um, Mortgage Collaborative has been a, a huge part of our success over the last few years. And um, so thank you guys too. And, and Angela and Amy, Ashley, thank you guys all very much. Thank you. Faith. I don't want to forget Faith. <laughs> means a lot and uh, greatly appreciated and uh, appreciate you guys as well. And uh, to our listeners and viewers, thanks for taking 30 minutes out of your week with us. We're here live every Tuesday from 2 to 2.30 p.m. Eastern with the last week in mortgage today. As always, you can find us on YouTube after live and where most of you listen on podcasts. So until next Tuesday, have a great rest of the week, everyone. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Rich. Take care. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.